My name is Ben Roche, and this is my podcast. The day that I watch my grandfather pass from this world to the next will always own a part of my mind. For about a year before it happened, my grandfather had been in and out of the hospital from cases of falling, to hitting his head, to not being able to swallow. Throughout the year, his sickness, that's one way I can put it, had been steadily increasing. It had sat on the back of my mind, really, but in his next visit to the hospital, we learned that he was physically unable to take care of himself, and normally, that would have a seemingly simple solution, since he had a wife that he had devoted his life to for over 50 years. That was not the case. Like him, my grandmother developed a mental disease. This disease kept her from comprehending things as they were. Her thoughts were that she was able to take care of him, but her take care meant leaving him on the floor, thinking he could get up by himself. After moving him to a long-term care facility with people whose illnesses were as severe as his, my family and I finally felt relief, but that did not last. As we ripped my grandmother's husband and love away from her, she was bound to feel some sort of pain, anger, distress, mourn, and even ashamed. But like I said before, she was unable to process which decisions are the right ones. As my grandmother was finally being provided proper aid, she thought it was the best solution to take him out. It had been a few days before we realized it, though when we did, it was our only option to tear them apart yet again for what we hoped would be the last time. But it wasn't. My grandfather was barely capable of speaking, and when he did, his speech was uncomprehensible at best. He had moved back and forth from home in the health facility around seven or eight times. It was like a game of tug of war in which he was the rope and my family and grandmother were on opposite sides, pulling with all their strength that they took turns winning. Playing several rounds until one side gave in. Luckily, the last round didn't go to my grandmother. The severity of the situation lowered again for a few weeks as my grandfather stayed in the care facility receiving the help he deserved. I visited him daily and pushed him around the facility in his wheelchair. He never said much, but when he did, only a soft mumble would come out. I knew staying by him helped him get through the day. I didn't need to hear his words. His only expression was in his eyes. On March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, my mother called me to tell me to head to the hospital after I got off work. At first, I was questioning if she might have been mistaken the hospital for the care facility. She said concerningly calmly that she was going to bring the will. That answered my questions. As I head to the ICU unit of the hospital, I saw the room filled with two doctors, my parents, and my grandmother. Over the next 24 hours, their past problems with each other would have, been, would have been non-existent. I saw him next. He was laying still with his eyes wide open. He only had hours left. After I was told this, I lost all my problems and stress in that moment. It was like a high in which everything disappeared except me and the doorway, which was the only thing I was looking at when I heard the news. And in that moment, I couldn't even look at my mother in her eyes. I was scared that her emotions would be like an infectious disease that I would catch. But I was in this trance. I knew the pain was coming, but I wanted to hold it off as long as I could. A few seconds passed until my vision became blurred with tears. The only thing I did was walk out of the room. I walked around the hospital until my father found me and brought me back to the waiting area. I decided to stay the night at the hospital. I wasn't able to sleep that night, mostly because there was a woman whose snore could have been mistaken for a lawnmower. I remember me and my family waiting by his bedside, watching his final moments, having his heart beating only because the machine was doing it for him. And on March 18th, 2018, at 1.30 p.m., I watched him flatline. His last heartbeat had been 23 beats per minute. I remember that moment very well, and I always will. I remember all the feelings I had been holding back, pushed through my throat, and poured everywhere. I remember holding his stiff and very cold hands. 
The only thing I can't remember was how much time had passed between his final beat and the time we left the room. The story isn't all gloomy, though. About a week later, my house was filled with over 30 distant relatives, most of whom I had never met before. I knew him my whole life, but I had no idea the impact he had on everyone in his life, especially his family. The night I felt proud to be a part of my family. I felt a sense of unity and companionship that you can only get from one. The next day was the funeral. I was asked to speak one of the two eulogies, and as I walked and saw how many people drove over thousands of miles and flew halfway across the world, I knew his life never really ended.